Ed Davis, the free love church, the Lord is with us. We miss when we hear from our kids. I'd like to pray for us and then we'll begin further. Lord, thank you that you are here with us today. What a great day to be with you and your people. Touch our lives. Draw us closer. We give you our praise. And we expect great things today in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed and said? Amen. 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 Turn and welcome at least three people.
special thank you to our kids department, both to uh, Miss Mickey and her team for this Church 2019. We had some palm branches for you, but they got frozen and covered with snow. So, <laughs> just kidding. It is great to have you guys here. Thanks for coming out and experiencing what God has for you today. That's been our prayer, and hopefully, you will uh, experience that in a powerful way. Palm Sunday is a great time for us to realize that Jesus is King and He is Lord of our lives. And we'll be talking a little more about that. You got some information on the way in. I encourage you to check that out. We invite you. We're in the middle of this great holiday season. And next week is Easter, and we're excited, and we invite you back for that. Before we get to Easter, though, we have our Good Friday service, and I welcome you to be a part of that. It's at 6.30 here, and we'll be talking specifically about the Stations of the Cross. You won't want to miss this. It's a great way to kind of frame your weekend and get you ready for what Easter and what God might do in your life and in your story. Uh, we do invite you to Easter, but I also want you to do something with me. I want you to take this little card that says Easter Sunday and take that out and begin thinking about who you want to give that card to. We also have ways for you to share this online on Facebook. Encourage you to check us out there and, and, and really make this a great invite. Maybe you can invite one friend or two friends, or maybe go crazy and invite three friends. Oh, 
know it's wild, but you guys can handle it. So please do that. It's a great time to celebrate it. More people are interested in Jesus and have questions about God around uh, religious holidays like Easter. So please, please take those opportunities. Invite them back. Be a part of our great experience next week. You won't want to miss it. Obviously, it's a wonderful, wonderful time. There's ways for you to connect online with us, and please, you find ways to do that. I do want to make one specific announcement coming up on May 19th is my favorite Sunday of the year. It's Serve Our City, where we cancel our second worship service and we go and participate in active service projects in Flint and in Davidson and in our region. And it is an awesome, awesome experience to not just say we go to church, but actually be the church and be Jesus in a tangible way, serving projects. You'll hear more about that. This year, we're going to be serving with some of our partners in Flint and also in Davison, but we also want to give you the opportunity to participate in a new way this year uh, through our Serve Project Request. And this is a way that you can go to dfmchurch.org slash serve, and you can enter in any place that you think uh, uh, somewhere someone might need some help with a house project, or maybe some painting, or maybe some little construction project. Uh, whatever it might be, if you notice something in your neighbor, maybe a neighbor, a friend, a family, a co-worker that says they can really use some help. They've come under some hard times, or maybe they're disabled and they can't just get out and do their normal things. We would love to participate with that. So this is a way for you to submit that, and then we'll follow up with you, and maybe some of those projects can be added to our Serve Our City slot. That would be a great opportunity, I think, to continue with the church. So uh, if you have any questions about that, you can contact us, but I think this will be a great opportunity for you to get involved even before uh, May 19th. God's going to do some great things in our hearts today. As the ushers join me up here, I want to just remind you that when Jesus was welcomed into Jerusalem, they hailed him as king. They hailed him as Lord. Now I want to take a moment for you to just talk and, and have us focus a little bit about welcoming God into our time over the next few minutes and having him be Lord of this moment, the Lord of the next uh, minutes here. So pray with me. Father, we love you and we thank you. We're excited that you're already here. Father, it warms my heart to see the smiles on the kids' faces when they sing and they praise you and they get to clap their hands and rock the guitar. Uh, we know, Father, that you are overjoyed when your children praise you. And we, Father, you know, I know, that you are overjoyed when we praise you. And this is why we gather here. This is why we seek you. This is why we, we carve out a moment. This is why so many years ago they welcomed you as king. Because you are all powerful. And your grace and love reign over our lives. So over the next few moments, help us to welcome you as Lord of this moment. Father, we give back a portion of what you blessed us with financially because that's the way that we worship you. It's a way of saying that these things of this world are not as important as you are. And as we worship with our voices and, and maybe raise our hands and reflect upon the music, let it come from our heart to be true worship. Father, as we hear the word of God spoken today plainly, let it challenge us. Let it move us. Let us realize that you are a good king. 
You have good things for us, that you love us. And as we are obedient to what you speak to us today, let that be worship as well. We love you, Jesus. We ask this all in your name.
I know this one's working. So there we go. All right. Um, so good morning, everyone. My name is Mike Tracy, and uh, with me today is uh, Charlie Richards, Jen Consiglio, and Kathy Hawks. Uh, together, we serve along with Ron Thatcher as delegates and as uh, members of your, your vision and leadership board. Uh, during the past couple of days, we've distributed some announcements electronically on behalf of uh, Superintendent Brad Button of the East Michigan Conference. After an intentional process that involved numerous meetings, prayer, and consideration of our strengths and our opportunities for growth as a congregation, the decision has been made to appoint Pastor Shane Bangry to lead as our next lead pastor. In addition to this, um, work is going to begin shortly on, to identify other key ministry staff to establish a complementary team to support Pastor Shane in his new role. We as delegates and other members of the Vision and Leadership Board are committed to working closely with Pastor Shane as we seek the future that God has for us here at Davison Free Methodist Church. At this time, I'd like to invite Pastor Shane and Mary to come up and share with us. about this opportunity and uh, we will, uh, um, as, um, as we reflected about this process, we know that we are standing on the shoulders of many great leaders that have come through here, uh, both lay and pastoral, and we definitely thank uh, Pastor Glenn and Nancy for their uh, role in, in our development here and definitely see this as the next key step. And we'll work with you guys and with the leadership and everything else to really make sure God, uh, God is uplifted, and we achieve all that He has for us here. But we are very excited. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I get to pray for these guys. Will you pray with me? And uh, but before we pray, I, that was very cool. I said, "Will you pray with me?" Everybody. But uh, you stand with me and show your support and statement as we pray. And uh, I am so thrilled that this is the decision that's been made. I believe it's the, the right thing for us at the right time. So will you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, we acknowledge you as the head of the church today, the head of this church, and we together are privileged to pray a special blessing over the next lead pastor and his family, Pastor Shane and Mary and their children, you, we believe, have chosen them. And so we bless them in your name. For Pastor Shane and Mary and Hannah and Josh and Becca, may this be a wonderful season of growth and service. May you bless our church through them and bless them through our church. May their children grow up here surrounded by a caring church family that breathes hope into their hearts and showers them with love and encouragement. We pray a blessing on Pastor Shane and Mary on their marriage, especially as the responsibilities of ministry increase. May their sense of fulfillment and joy and oneness increase as well. Lord, may the story of the Bangry family's time of service 
with Davison Free Methodist Church be filled with deep delight and exceptional effectiveness. May they feel love and respect from each of us. Bless and inspire Pastor Shane with fresh ideas and big dreams, big enough that only you can fulfill them, and then give him and us as a church the vitality and the courage to see those dreams come true as we throw ourselves into ministry together. Lord, we pray that today will only be the beginning of many, many good days to come. May the ministry honeymoon that Pastor Shane received be longer and happier than most. And Lord, if there are challenges or difficulties, may we treat one another as you tell us to treat each other with honor and respect, forgiving each other as Christ has forgiven us. May this be just a special and beautiful time. Lord, whatever spirit of anointing you have placed on my life and ministry in these past 40 years, I pray a double portion of that on Pastor Shane. May you give him wisdom and impact and Christ-likeness beyond himself, wisdom beyond his years. And may the coming years under Pastor Shane's leadership be the best years of kingdom health and kingdom growth that this church has ever experienced. Thank you, Lord. You hear our prayers. You bless our lives. You lead this church. You will go with us now. We pray and we thank you. We trust you. We bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. And everybody agree and said, amen. I think you can be seated now. And thank you to our, our church delegates, our church leadership team. And they serve largely behind the scenes, and they do an incredible job. I appreciate all of um, Next Sunday, what is next Sunday? Easter. That's what is Easter. It is the best Sunday of the year of celebration as believers in and followers of Jesus. And as Pastor Shane mentioned, more people want to come to church on Easter than pretty much ever any other Sunday. So at the close of today's service, if I remember, you're trying to remember, you were my well, I'm going to pray for the people that we're going to invite. And that God will put that in our hearts even today. While they're there. Maybe someone will come to mind. Well, they would have liked that. That word was good, good for them. Just to trust the Lord to lead and guide us to the right people. And then the week after Easter, well, before Easter, uh, Good Friday, the Stations of the Cross. If you come from a, a formal church background, especially a Catholic background, you've heard of the Stations of the Cross. Fourteen places along the last day of the life of Christ. Uh, the traditional ones... Uh, we're not always based completely in Scripture. Some of them came from church tradition. And so in 1992, uh, they were rewritten so that all 14 are from the Scripture and tell the true story of the last moments of the life of Christ. And I've been practicing them myself both privately and with others for the last five or six years, and they have... Rock my world. I mean, it is one of my all-time favorite things. Uh, I feel like I'm actually there. 
So, you are invited to join us Friday night at 6.30. Then, the week after Easter, we're going to have baptism service. And uh, I've been doing this now 40 years, and I'm always still surprised when people say, well, I've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, but I've never been baptized. Well, what part of going into all the world Preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What part of that don't you get? You know, like if you love Jesus, one of the very first things we're called to do is to publicly acknowledge, and that's what baptism is about. Jesus said, "If you acknowledge me before my Father, uh, on, I'm sorry, on earth, I will acknowledge you before my Father. If you don't acknowledge me before going on earth, I won't acknowledge you before my Father." Now. I, baptism doesn't save anybody. But it is a very important step of obedience in your walk with Christ. So if you have not been baptized, if you are a follower of Jesus, I would love to get you wet. <laughs> we have a baptistry behind the drums, so in two weeks the drums are going to move. And uh, that will take priority, and there will be an opportunity for you to be baptized. I, I'm, I'm really serious. You should, you should pray about that. And if you haven't been baptized, you should. Okay. And then we're going to hear from Pastor Shane. I, I want to hear his heart, his passion, his vision. I think I know a lot of that already. But we want to give him the chance to kind of share his, his spirit-led dream for us as a church. And that will be on May the 5th which is the week before the Lord's Day, which is the week before Serve Our City. It's just going to be great. <laughs> Guess what? Don't miss a week, because God's going to be here. Um, all right. Every once in a while, I'm, I'm, I'm old and I'm going to retire. You can't hurt me, okay? So uh, <laughs> I'm going to retire, too. Every so often, people come up to me and say, they're like, I'm going to do something special next week. I'm going to preach next week, and the Word of God is going to speak next week, and we're going to sing the praises of Jesus next week, and we're going to give back to Him in the offering next week. Is that special enough? It ought to be. It ought to be. So it's all going to be special. Um, One of the very special things about this season in our lives is the partnership the Lord has built between Pastor Shane and myself. And he's known for about the last year or so that this was about to happen, not that he would be appointed, but that I would be retired. And uh, he said to me very early on, uh, Glenn, you do what you want to do, and I'll be there to help. Um, Plan the services you want to plan. Bring the messages you want to bring. Um, celebrate the way you want to celebrate them. And keep you there cheering me up. Today, I get to do it again. I can't believe it. Today, today I get to talk about Palm Sunday. In Jerusalem today, the temperature is 69 degrees. Alexa told me. <laughs> <laughs> the reason that's important is because although we don't know the date and the 
the actual uh, month of Christmas. We do know the month of Good Friday and Easter. We do know the month of Palm Sunday. It was April. And April in Israel is just a little bit warmer than it is here. Uh, no snow. <laughs> Not in April. They do get snow once in a while. And um, I can just imagine Jesus setting up that whole experience of Palm Sunday. It's kind of intriguing to me. There's something about Palm Sunday that's a little bit unexpected, really. Because if you remember the story of the life of Christ, there were many times when people wanted to acknowledge him. When he had healed somebody and they were just overcome, you know, with joy and, and excitement and they would say, you know, they were going to go tell everybody and Jesus would go, just go show yourself to the priest. Don't, don't tell anybody else. Remember, uh, his first miracle, turning the water into wine at the wedding feast, and his mother, Mary, had been the one that kind of put him up to it, right? She's like, come on, son, you can do this. Anybody have a cushy mom? Right? A mother who's like, you can do this, you know, speak up. And, and Jesus is like, he says something very interesting. He says, boy, my time is not but he did it anyway, you know, just for her, right? Just because mom asked him to, he did it for her. But it wasn't time yet. It wasn't time to go public. It wasn't time to proclaim his proper position and authority until now. All of a sudden, the first time in his whole public ministry that he lets them let loose with their praises. And I think that's why the church around the world loves the day. You know, it's like, okay, this is the day to let loose. This is the way to the day to wave your palm branch. This is the way to shout his praises. This is a Hosanna kind of day. Because Jesus, for the first time in his ministry, says, it's okay. I'll take it. And in fact, according to the scripture, he sets it up. Well, this is kind of a fascinating backstory when you think about it. Um, all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just make sure you're up there. Okay. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four of them tell this story of what we call the triumphal entry. Um, Matthew tells it in chapter 21. Mark tells it in chapter 11. It's a shorter book, only 16 chapters. Uh, Luke has it in chapter 19, and John has it, and we got this picture here. John has it in chapter 12. And that's 20 chapters, right? So, but here's the deal. All of these New Testament authors telling us the life of Christ have kind of hurried through the early part of Jesus' ministry. In fact, I love the Gospel of Mark because it keeps saying immediately Jesus healed somebody and then immediately he went to the temple and then immediately, you know, it's like almost breathless. Wow, look at Jesus, look what he's doing. I, I've got to tell you the story. I've got to get through this story. Let's, let's get through this because now we're at chapter 11 or now we're at chapter 12 or now we're at chapter 21. 
and it slows down. And we look close. Two-thirds of the book to tell the early three years, all 33 years of the life of Christ, one-third for the last week. Huh? One-third of every gospel tells the last week of Jesus in detail. Why? Because the last week is when it all comes together and everything Jesus has said and prophesied and taught comes true. And when he actually demonstrates the ultimate purpose for his life, he becomes the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, for the sins of the whole world. And he endures this last week. He goes to the cross and he gives up his life and then on Easter, he comes alive and proves it's all true. You know, I, everybody I know loves the story of the cross, loves the story of Good Friday, and I do too. But the story of Easter is, it worked. When Jesus died and paid for the sins of the whole world, it worked. He came alive again. No one else in history has ever come alive from the grave by their own power. Anybody who would predict that he would die and three days later rise from the grave and then did it, pulled it off, that's God. That's who he says he is. Jesus is, in fact, the one and only Son of God. And so we see this all played out when we see how the, the, um, the gospel writers slow it down, look deep, take their time. Let's see what John says. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival, so we're talking Passover, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Would you read the last sentence out loud with me? Blessed is he. One more time. Blessed is he. Wow, he is the king, and the crowd shouts it, and Jesus accepts it. The other three authors, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all tell us that Jesus had set this up very carefully. Remember? He had picked two of the disciples and said, go ahead into the city, and you'll find a colt tied there. And when you find it, if anyone asks you what you're doing, and because you're going to take the colt and bring it to me, if anyone asks you, you tell them, the Lord has me. And uh, the first time recorded in the New Testament that Jesus calls himself Lord. It's time. I'm going public. They need to know. So that's exactly what happens. Fair enough, they go, they find the cult, they ask them what they're doing, and they say, the Lord has need of it. And they let him go. They let him take this donkey and they bring it to Jesus. And Jesus rides in to the city during the festival when he knows there will be a future. And let's go on because it's really significant. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. And he knew that this was happening to fulfill this prophecy. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified 
risen from the dead, did they realize that these things had been written about him and that, that these things had been done to him? So, by picking this donkey's colt to ride in on, Jesus is deliberately fulfilling an Old Testament prophecy that says, Messiah, the king, will ride in on a colt. It may seem odd to us. It didn't seem odd to them. You know, you read the story that when he came in riding on the colt, the, the, the crowd cheered, right? They called him king. They got it. They understood. In the nation of Israel in ancient Middle Eastern times, a colt, a donkey, was a symbol of kingly humility. Um, there are several places in the Old Testament when a king rides a donkey, and every time the king is coming to make peace. Now there are other times when a king is coming in war, and then he rides a horse. And you look at Revelation, at the end of time when Christ returns, it describes him as riding on a white horse. Right? He comes as, as king, he comes to, to, to reign and rule and establish himself as king forever. But here, he's coming as a humble servant, he's coming as a sacrifice, but he's still king. And his disciples and the crowd join in. And again, we got a story saying they lay their cloaks on the ground for the donkey to walk up. Have you ever heard of the red carpet? Right? Red carpet treatment. They didn't even want the donkey to get dirty. Right? Because this is the king. And he's on his donkey. And they wave palm branches. Again, a symbol of celebration. And the, the person that they're honoring is, is worthy of praise. And then they say, let's go back to what they said. They say Hosanna. It's an Old Testament word. It means God saves or save us. It's an interesting word of praise, isn't it? To say Hosanna. If God saves, it means you are able to save us and I need saving. You are able to save us and I need saving. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's a quote directly from Psalm 118. I read that song this week several times. It is filled with, with ideas and imagery of, uh, of the Messiah and the King who will come one day. It is one of those messianic songs. <clears throat> There's no doubt what's going on. Jesus is King and He is coming publicly to let them shout His praises <clears throat> and honor Him. Now the thing that's weird about that is those same people five days later self-crucified him. I mean, not the disciples. They, they were part of the crowd, but even the disciples let him down. Even the disciples were in high. Like, I was thinking about that this week. You know how many times I have felt so filled up and tanked up with the praises of God Moments when God was in the house and I knew it and my heart was full and I was shouting his praise and Jesus says, I'll take it. You know, this is this is a good thing. This is the right thing. He's the one who arranged it. But 
those moments don't last. I mean, they never last for any of us, right? Well, I was thinking about some of the moments. Nancy and I often recount the story of going, probably about the second time we heard Hill songs of Darling Check. It was like a two-hour concert, shout to the Lord, and it was just like amazing. It was life-changing. I remember uh, when we were pastoring down at Temperance, we went to Lansing. We, uh, we went to a Don Moen, uh, Michael W. Smith concert at the Breslin Center. At the Breslin Center. <laughs> now, I was waiting for that. Now, I was waiting for that. We're the Michigan State fan, right? So, um, it was so funny because it was a fairly long concert, one of the longest I think I've been to in a while. And Nancy looked at me, it was like an hour and a half, and closing in on two hours, and she's like, I feel like I've just been here a few minutes. Like it's all, it's, it was such a spiritual experience, it was like time stood still. Wow. I was thinking about how much fun last Sunday was. You know, uh, what a great worship experience we had. But you can't live on the mountaintop forever. As good as that is, life goes on. Uh, things happen, right? You, you, you fail and you falter. I mean, I remember in that moment thinking, I will praise the Lord every moment of my life for the rest of my life, you know? And then I got busy. And then I got tired. And then I got discouraged. So Thursday night of Holy Week, this week, after the crowds have cheered him on, Jesus gathers up this guy's. It says, let's have dinner. And I love one of the one of the gospels says, he tells them, I have earnestly desired to share this meal with you. <laughs> Every time I come to the Lord's Supper, I try and hear those words of Jesus in my own spirit. And I, I want to do this with you. I want to share this meal with you. A few of us here have been recently to the Middle East because of our partner church in Amman. And uh, even though Jordan, not Israel, they're neighbors. They're next door to each other. And the food is very much the same. And I'm here to tell you the food is amazing. It is amazing. It is a culture of hospitality. Um, it is, you know, when we have guests, we kind of plan the meal and prepare the food and we think about how many people there are. And they were, they're like, okay, how many people are going to be, how hungry they're going to be, double that. If there isn't a ton of food left over, they haven't been generous. That's just the culture. And it is amazing food. And Jesus has this dinner with his God. And the Bible says, partway through the meal, remember when he said, the one who dips me in the cup. And I think most of the time I think about communion elements. I think uh, every meal I've ever had in the Middle East had hummus and and so you would tear the bread and dip it in the cup. And uh, he's having a meal with his friends. And it's beautiful and it's intimate. And then he drops this bombshell. You're all going to deny me. You're all going to run. You're all going to forget this moment. And you know what they say. Not me. Not me. I'll never forget 
Not me. I'll never deny you. Peter says, I will go with you even unto death before I deny you. And then he does. I've had moments with Jesus so precious and personal. And I promise I'll never mess up again. And I did. And the story of Easter and the week that follows, when the Bible records what happened when Jesus, the risen Christ, met up with the disciples after all they'd done, you know, after Peter had denied him three times, after Thomas had doubted him, needed to touch him before he believed, after all the disciples had run away from the cross and hid, when Jesus sees them again, he walks into that room, that upper room, and what does he say? What's up with you guys? How could you do that to me? No, he says, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I sent you. After Jesus rose from the grave and met the disciples, he never brought up their failure again. Come follow me. Be my sheep. There's this beautiful spirit of Christ that says, I know you. I told you you'd mess up. I told you you'd run. I told you you'd fail. But I died and rose again to pay for your failure. To give you hope and a promise. To give you life and a purpose to provide forgiveness for you. He remembers that we are dust. He knows all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way. And the good news is the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I don't think Peter ever expected Jesus to talk to him again. I don't think the disciples ever thought that they would ever serve together and continue to follow Jesus, and yet look what happened. When the grace of God was shared with them, they turned into world changers, history makers. The world has never been the same. That's what happens when you know you're forgiven. That's what happens when you receive grace. So I don't know about you, but I do know about you. Because I know about me. I made promises I couldn't keep. They got caught up in the moment and told God, always praise Him. I felt close and intimate with Jesus and thought I'd never lose that feeling. And I have. But I have a Savior who loves me in life. And He loves you with the kind of love that even your faults and your failures and your disappointments can't defeat you. You know, the disciples, they decided to outrun the Roman soldiers, but they couldn't outrun Jesus' love. And neither can you. So I'll pray. 
Remember I said I was going to pray for the people who were going to pray for Easter? Because I don't know about you, but I have a friend who reads that word from God. The, the message of hope, the message of life, the message of forgiveness. I have a friend. I have a neighbor. And so I want to pray for them. I want to pray for you. I also want to pray for all of us here today that maybe we're feeling a bit far from God. Maybe we've let him down in some specific way. We know all about it. We know the thing you said, the thing you did. And maybe even telling yourself, you know, you just screwed up and messed it up and you'll never be the same. Don't believe it. Can be. Can be better. So let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for this incredible message of hope. The message of Palm Sunday that we can sing and shout your praises and you will receive them from us because you are King. Because you are Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We praise your name together today. And Lord, I ask for every one of us that you will have reminded us of somebody who needs our love, our invitation for next Sunday. I pray that you help us to figure out how to do that in the most effective way. And we bring those people to you together and as we are about in prayer right now, if you have somebody in your mind that you'd like to invite next Sunday, would you just raise your hand because I'd like to pray specifically for you and for them. If, if God's got somebody on your heart, just put your hand up. Lord, you see these hands, you know these names, you know these lives. We pray in Jesus' name that you draw them to you. We pray for a miracle next Sunday morning here on Easter Sunday. May life be changed and may some of these be ones that are changed. Thank you, Lord. Now as we continue to pray, maybe you're here today and you just have felt like you kind of messed it up. You're feeling kind of far from God. You're a follower of Jesus, but you're following at a distance right now. You need to come back to him in a new way. You need to say, Lord, I receive you. Again, I, I receive your grace and your love. I'm sorry for being at arm's length. And I, I come back to you. I run to you. When you put up your hand, I'd like to pray to you. I'd like to pray for you. Yes. Yes. Anyone else? I'd like to get you on this prayer. Amen. Lord God, you see these hands. You see these hearts. You see these lives. We come back to you today. Maybe somebody coming for the very first time. Hear our prayer and change our hearts. Forgive our sins. Lord Jesus, come and live in us in a powerful and new way. I pray for all of us that we would stay close to you. We would never be too impressed with ourselves, but we would always be incredibly impressed with you. So thank you for hearing and answering these prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody agreed and said? Amen. Amen. And let's stand and let's say it in closing. And it's okay to pray. Just, just so you know. It's Palm Sunday.
us all. Give Shane and Mary some love and see them on your way out. Give them a high five and a handshake and tell them God bless you. God go with us all. Amen. Sing it, sing it. Sing it, sing it.